story. He he was mad. He's mad because. Yeah, Sean, Sean, Sean actually like Sean enjoys. He said I was boring, if I remember right. He's like, I'm gonna start going to their, I'm gonna start going to their services. Um, they're not boring, is what he said. Something like that. All right, um, let's go. Uh, let's go back to John chapter number one. Let's go back to John chapter number one. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna follow up uh, from Sunday, and I know that I don't know uh, who remembers what from Sunday, but we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of tie we're gonna kind of follow up from Sunday, and we're gonna kind of play we're gonna kind of work off of what Dylan had started uh, last week was last week the first Dylan witnessing. All right, so, um, so yeah, we're gonna kind of work. We're gonna kind of work off that. All right, let's let's uh, let's let's try to do that. We'll we'll just see where we end up. Where we'll see where we end up getting to. Does that sound good? All right, let's pray before we do it. Lord, thank you for giving us this day, and thank you for being good to us. Thank you for being faithful. Uh, Lord, I pray that you bless tonight, and I pray God that you're honored. I pray God that you uh, that you use it, and Lord that. You're glorified through everything that's said, and, and Lord, there wouldn't uh, would nothing be said that would be dishonoring to you. But um, God, I, I pray that you would uh, you'd open our eyes, God, you'd open our heart, Lord, you'd let us see exactly what what you want us to see from your Word, and uh, God, that you you bless what's said and what's done in here. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so um, we're we're gonna we're gonna start in John chapter number one, and we're gonna read John chapter number one. We're, I'm gonna give you the three things that I used on Sunday morning, and then I got three more quick things that we'll we'll uh, and we'll try to tie all this together uh, somewhat quick this morning. All right, uh, this evening, John chapter one and verse number six. John chapter one and uh, in verse number six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear uh, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. So John's role uh, was the man that was sent from God. He was he came to he came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. So that was John's uh, John's whole mission wrapped up into in one thing. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And this is the record of John. And when the Jews sent priests and, uh, priest and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So when the, the, the priests and the Levites came uh, from Jerusalem, uh, to talk to John, they asked John, "Who art thou?" And, and the Bible says that he confessed and denied not, and then says he confessed again, "I am not the Christ." And they asked him, uh, "What then? Art thou lies?" And he saith, "I am not. Art thou prophet?" And he answered, "No." And they said unto him, "Who art thou? Who art thou that we may give an answer to him that sent us? And what sayest thou of thyself?" And he said, "I am a vo I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness." 
make straight the way of the Lord, saith the prophet Isaiah, and he and, and they which were uh, which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou them, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither the prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. Uh, but there uh, is one standing among you whom you know not. He it is who is coming at, uh, who, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it. I am not worthy to unloose. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, uh, we, we, spent, we spent a lot of time in here on Sunday mornings especially uh, talking about John in, in it per you know, particularly, uh, we dealt with John and his take on the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And why why that was such a big deal is getting back to where John was coming from. I think it's really important that we see who John was and what John's main mission was. John had one mission in life, and that was to be the one that went before Jesus Christ, the forerunner. And he would be the one, the Bible says that he would be the one that, that made straight a desert, uh, made straight in the desert a highway for our God. According to Isaiah 40 and verse number 3, that was his deal. He was to prepare the way of the Lord. That is all that John was sent here to do. The Bible says he's, every valley shall be exalted and every mountain uh, and every hillside shall be made low. So, so. In reality, John came to make the playing field level. That's what John's deal was. John came to, it, it, uh, there's an old phrase that the, the ground is level at Calvary. And, and the reason that is is because John came on the scene to make it level. That's what John's mission was. John came in, and you, how do you make the ground level? How did John do that? Well, he, he didn't come and say the Gentiles were wicked. No, he came to say that the Jews were wicked. He came to say that everybody was wicked. That was John's mission. Hey, everybody is a sinner. You need to know that. Not nobody. There's nobody safe in this whole thing. You're all a bunch of vipers. You all need the Lord. So this is John. Uh, this is what John's mission is. And John's uh, mission in life would, would have one clear objective. And that objective, if you look in John chapter number 1, uh, you, you see this idea of a witness. That's all that John is to do. He's to be a witness. And it, it's really that simple. His mission was to be a witness. And, you know, we, we, make a real, we make a real good job at making everything in life super complicated. Um, the more we, more we say stuff, uh, we just keep talking. We make the Bible more complicated. We make life more complicated. And the simple fact is uh, John had a mission in life, and John's mission was to be a witness. That's not real hard to understand. Uh, you, you see this dude in the wilderness, and he's eating locusts and wild honey, and there's a whole lot of reasons for that. But in reality, John had had one one simple objective within his mission, and that was to be a witness. Now, what is a witness? A witness is someone who, who bears witness of what they've seen or what they've heard. And we went over this Sunday morning in, in the court of law. It would be when you call somebody the witness stand, and they would testify the things they've seen and heard. Well, that's what John was. But, but John's witness was different. John's witness was being a witness of Christ, for Christ. He would be the witness that would be there when he baptized him and the Spirit of God descended like a dove. And then a voice out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom 
I am well pleased. That is, that is what John was put on this earth to do. He was put on this earth to be a witness. He was not the light, but he was come to bear witness of the light. All right? So Acts chapter 1, this is still uh, from Sunday morning. Acts chapter 1, in verse number 6, I'm, I made a similar connection by that whole Bible principle of comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And, and I, I, I'm looking around uh, from, from John's witness. I noticed that there is a, a, really big, a really big connection between what John was put on this earth to do and what you and I are put on this earth to do. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 6 says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, Lord, will thou at this time again uh, restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto him, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Now, now, now make sure you get this. Acts 1 and verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you're, when you receive that power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you receive that power, there's something really remarkable that's going to happen, and you shall be, what is that next word? It's on the screen. It's verse number 8. You, we're, let's try it one more time. And you sh- I, know, I know this is super complicated stuff. It starts with a W. It has an S at the very end of it. And you shall be what? witnesses all right so it happens after the holy ghost has come upon you right you shall be witnesses now what was john's what was john's mission he was to bear witness that's what he came to do he came to bear witness now now <clears throat> jesus uh, christ said that you shall be witnesses unto me the same thing that john did both in jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the earth. So God, God gave us the same mission. So when you and me, uh, when you you and me receive the power of the Holy Ghost, that salvation, we were a part of this transformation that would make us witnesses. Now, what that would tell us is, if we're walking in the Spirit, if we're walking in the Spirit every single day, then the automatic would be that we're to be witnesses. Like if you and I are on a consistent basis because the power of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost power is you shall be witnesses. Not anything crazy, but you shall be witnesses. So God God says when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, when you, when you have the Holy Spirit, ye shall be witnesses. Now why is that such a big deal? Well, because... Uh, because John's role and uh, John's uh, what what John had to do and what happened in John's life is is a lot of the same things uh, that happened in our life. Uh, we looked at John's role and and we said, "Who are you?" Well, John's answer was, "I'm not the Christ." I I I can tell you, I'm not the Christ. John had a role, uh, but it wasn't about him. It wasn't about him. And, and then John had uh, John had a ministry. John not only had a role, but but John uh, he had a ministry, and we asked the question, "What are you doing? What what are you doing?" And we dealt with this: Why baptizest thou then? Well, John uh, John was baptizing because John got his authority from God, not from men, and and, and John's not baptizing just anybody. 
John's not baptizing Gentiles. John's baptizing Jews. And he's baptizing them unto repentance. And why is that such a big deal? Uh, well, well re- repentance is, is, is what we know to be uh, a changed mind, which uh, a lot would argue that it don't mean a changed mind, but I'm here to argue that a changed mind is a changed life. Somebody would say it's a changed life. It's not a changed mind. Well, a changed mind is a changed life. Why? Well, because you behave what you believe. You tell everybody what you believe by what you behave. Amen? Uh, And then John had a message. John had a message. Uh, What was John's John's message? And and John's message message was this. um, You know, this thing ain't about me. I, I make sure everybody knows uh, this is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So, so, so we looked at John's role and we looked at John's ministry and we looked at John's message. Now, why, why is all of that? Well, that's the same thing you and I got. We have a role, we have a ministry, and we have a message. It's not real hard. It's not real complicated. There's no sense in making it way more uh, than it has to be. Well, what, what is it? Well, it, it's you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me, uh, unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, in, in, the other, uh, in Samaria, and in the other most parts of the earth. Now, I, 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 there, there's, there's some more uh, that we could throw on here. Matthew chapter number 28, we call it the Great Commission. Now, this is not on there, Eric. Uh, but but you've, you've heard this verse before. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So, John had a ministry, John had a role, Uh, I mean John had a role, John had a ministry, and John had a message. It does not differ from ours. Somebody say amen right there. It is not any different than ours. Ours is the same thing. We we have a ministry, we have have a role, we have a ministry, and, and we have a message. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, in, in terms of how that's lived out, uh, we, I asked the question on Sunday morning, uh, was it worth it? If I could go back and I could ask John, John, was it worth it? Was, was your role and was your ministry and was your message, was it worth losing your head over? Now, remember, John was, John was, uh, John's head was cut off for what he was preaching. John's head was cut off for what he was preaching. Now, why, why is that such a big deal? Well, you've got to make a decision. Is your life worth your role and your ministry and your message? And I say all that in context of the judgment seat of Christ. You may say, no, I don't want to live like John lived. John lived a very, uh, a very minuscule life because he had a role and he had a, he had a ministry and he had a message. And it wasn't about him. It wasn't his ministry. And it wasn't his message. You say, well, whose was it? His role was for Jesus Christ. His message, I mean, his ministry was about Jesus Christ. And his message was strictly Jesus Christ. And why, why, why is that such a big deal? Well, in terms of 
of who we're, why, what, you know, we're, when we're asking the question, is all of this worth it? We have to look in the context of the judgment seat and the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and, and how we're going to rule with him during that time. Because that is going to be a big deal. How we rule with Jesus Christ during that time is going to be a big deal. Now, I want to talk about this whole idea of, of witnessing. Uh, of of why, are, why, why, are we, why are we even doing what we're doing? Uh, why, why, are we, why are we rolling into uh, a time to where we're questioning a lot of things? Well, you, it's good to question why you're doing what you're doing. Like, period. I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing that you question uh, why you're doing uh, what you're doing because I think if, if you get real serious about it, sometimes you don't even know why. You just get in the habit of doing, and, and so you just do. Well, as far as uh, witnessing goes, there's three things that I, I notice uh, about this about this being a witness, as John was a witness, about this, your life being encompassed with a role and a ministry and a message. I, I, there's three things that I've seen about this. Number one, it's a matter of obedience. It's a matter of obedience. Everybody in the room has a choice to obey or disobey. Now, I'll, I'll, in, in Matthew, in Acts chapter number 1, he says, And you, ye shall be witnesses unto me. Matthew chapter number 28, he says, Go ye therefore. Those two phrases, those two phrases are a matter of obedience. They're, they're all about obedience. Now, now, there's a truth about obedience. Obedience is a sure sign of worship. Obedience is a sure sign of worship. Now, a, a lot of times uh, we we call our singing worship. We call our time of singing, we call it worship. Uh, but in reality, uh, worship isn't a time of singing. Although there is worship and there is praise that goes on, uh, worship, uh, the, the singing time is not strictly the time of worship. What is worship? Well, worship can be viewed like this. Worship can be viewed as a descriptive indicator of what your life holds of worth. You, 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 worship can be viewed as a descriptive indicator. You say, what? Now, what, what how, where, where, do you, where do you get that from? Well, uh, th this word worship is actually broke up into two different parts. It's worth-ship. And, and, and our, our worship can be viewed as a descriptive indicator in our life of what holds the most worth in our life. So what you worship can be seen. There's not a person in the room that cannot, that what we worship can't be seen. Nobody. There's nobody, it don't matter how, it don't matter, it don't matter what we say, right? It don't matter what we say. You say, well, you don't know me, and you don't know what I worship. But, but here, here's, here's what you've got to realize. It's an indicator of what holds the most worth in your life and in my life. 
uh, old timers would say it like this, and and I know everybody in the room ain't got a checkbook. <laughs> but but everybody in the room, parents and, and and kids that make any money alike, you can tell what people worship by looking at their bank account. Amen. Amen. I, I know you don't believe that, but God does. You, you you may not believe that, but God does. So how do you know God does? God says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When your heart is with Jesus Christ, there your treasure. Well, will you be able to find you'll be able to figure out where your treasure's at. Amen. Here's one another thing I figured out about God. God's fixed it to where nobody can get true riches without the in without understanding that they cannot they they can without understanding till they can be trusted with worldly riches they can't have the true riches god doesn't get god doesn't give people spiritual riches and true what the bible calls true riches until he understands that that they can be that they can be uh that they can be trusted with with some paper money it's funny god's a, God's got all these fail-safes in place. Like, there ain't nothing easier than there ain't nothing easier than than getting your card out and, and just swapping that thing. You just swap it. Never even pay no attention to it. And then one day you get your then one day you get your you get you get your uh, your bank statement out and you look at all them stupid. Uh, things that you bought and you went to the store too many times and you went to Wendy's like five times in one day or you went to, you know, God knows why. I mean, you spent $40 on food or something like that. You know, you know what? That, that's, the way, that's the way God feels about it. Every time we put all the other things in our lives in front of him. And so, 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 so really and truly, make, make sure you get this. It's a matter witnessing, being a witness for Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore. That that is a matter of obedience. It's not only just a matter of obedience, but it's a matter of disobedience. So, the, so there's a truth about obedience, and then there there's a truth about disobedience. There's a truth about obedience, and then there's a truth about disobedience. Well. Well, what, 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 what is the truth about disobedience? Well, there's a guy named Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15, and, and Saul was commanded to go in and, and, and kill the enemies of God, and he was supposed to kill everything. He was supposed to kill all the, 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 the cattle, uh, the, the everything. He was supposed to burn everything. He was supposed to utterly destroy everything, and Saul didn't do that. Saul did not do that. And, and what happens is Samuel comes to Saul and, and, he, and he asks Saul, man, what, 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 what have you done? Why did you, in 1 Samuel 15, why did you do what you've done? Why, had you, why, why, did, you, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? What happened, Saul? And so here's what Saul says. Or, or, this is what Samuel said to Saul. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Here's what, here's what Saul said. 
Saul said, man, I, I didn't want to kill all them, them, them good, I didn't want to kill all them, uh, the, good, the good livestock, because if we killed all the good livestock, well, then we wouldn't have nothing to sacrifice. So I'm, I, I got all these, we got all these uh, burnt offerings and sacrifices that we can have, which was a lie. He didn't really mean that, but that's what he told, that's what he told Samuel. And so Samuel comes back and says, no, but that's not what I said to do. It's like this. It's like you feel like that you've got a better plan than God's got. And so, and so what we do, the, the, the truth about disobedience is, is we know more than God. It's not that we don't think God knows what he's talking about. We just feel like we know more than what God's talking about. It's like God, God, God tells us to, 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 to be a witness and and to go you therefore, to go, the very first word in the, in the Great Commission, to go. And, and we feel like that, man, well, I, I know more than the Lord does. And what Samuel says is this, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now, now you ready for this? For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So, so when we rebel, when you and me rebel against the Lord, when you and me are, are disobedient in what, what God called us to do into, into being a witness, the Bible says it's the same thing as witchcraft. It's the same thing as witchcraft. He says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Man, what a big deal. It, it's, it, it's, it's a matter of obedience, but not only that, it's a matter of convenience. This is a huge one. It's a matter of convenience. All right, so, uh, is, is there Acts 1, can, can you go back to that Acts 1-8, bro? So I want to look back at Acts 1-8 real quick. He says, go ye therefore. No, no, no. no. Well, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you shall be witness, witnesses unto me both. Sorry, you ready? Acts, whoop, we're almost there. You just got to unfreeze it. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem is, is the hometown there. Uh, and in, in all Judea, the, just outside of Jerusalem. And in Samaria, which uh, was the Gentile, the Gentile nation, as you, as you know, where we're not going, uh, where, where we're not supposed to be going. <laughs> Uh, at this time, but now God has opened that because the middle partition's been broken down, uh, and then in, and and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now what? Now here, here's what's crazy. There's only a few of us actually been on mission trips in the room to the uttermost parts of the earth. So so God's not asking all of us in the room uh, to. Hey, it would be cool if if most of the church said, "Hey, man, we want to go on a mission trip." Praise the Lord! Look, we're going to go on a mission trip and unto the uttermost parts of the earth, and and praise the Lord, we we can do that. And but 
but let's go backwards and we'll say we're, we're trying to get uh, people to go to Samaria. And we'll just call Samaria Atlanta. Atlanta downtown Atlanta. That sounds like a, a, good, a good Samaria to, to me anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll say we're, we're, we're all going uh, downtown Atlanta and, and man, we're just going to, we're going to hit the streets of the gospel in downtown Atlanta. Everybody be like, yeah, ah, that's not for me, right? That's what most of us are going to do, all right? Well, let's say we got, we got Judea, and, and Judea is, we'll, we'll call it, Paul, we'll call it uh, Northwest Counties here, Paulden, uh, Cobb, uh, Summa Cobb, uh, you know, Polk County, what, whatever you want to call it. And, and then we've got, our, we've got our Jerusalem, which is Dallas, Paulden County, right? Dallas, Hiram area. All right, so, so the matter of convenience is this. No, nobody's asking anybody to go to the uttermost parts of the earth, really. And, 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 and I'm definitely not going to ask you to go to downtown Atlanta. Uh, and the chances are, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to go uh, to, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm not going to ask you to hit the trail in, in a, in a tri-county uh, witnessing that. Well, what, what, what are we trying to do? Well, we got to start somewhere. Well, where do we start? We start in our Judea. Uh, I mean, uh, we start in our Jerusalem. We start in, in our group of friends. We start with our with with our work, we start in our place. So so what 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 we've got is we've got a matter of convenience. We don't want to do any of it because none of it's convenient. We don't want to be a witness to nobody because well none of it's really convenient for me. <laughs> I, I I mean God's like all right, so I'm gonna make this easy for you. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you four different places to pick from. But I want you to start in your Jerusalem. Let's start there and let's just work our way. Right? Does that make sense? But if we want, if it's just so inconvenienced for, if it's just such an inconvenience for us that we won't even start in the surrounding towns. Man, I, I'd give anything. Man, I'd give anything. If there was just five people that got a burden for the people around them that were lost. Just five, five people that that that, that everybody in the, that you know what you, you you got five people that says you know what I am going to be a witness. I'm going to be a witness, like I'm going to be a witness to my friends because every single person in this room, I I, I I'm going to go on a limb and say that every person in this room has lost friends at least has lost acquaintances. And you know what? I'm going to be a witness. Well, it's a matter of convenience why we don't do that. What do, you, what do you think happens when when you do when you do step outside and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a witness in my Jerusalem. Well, it does, it, it does something to you. It builds your faith. It, it builds your faith. It works in such a way to where it builds your faith. Now, th this is, um, I, I guess you, you could almost say this, uh, this verse is going to have a principle in it. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse number 6 says this, but, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. 
And he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Now, here it is. You ready? So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, the principle here is this. If you want to sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you want to sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth, where? In his heart. If a man goes after his Jerusalem and has purposed in his heart that I'm going to sow bountifully, I'm going to sow a lot, God, guess what? God is going to let him reap. God's going to let him reap. What, what he's saying in, in, in Philippians 4 and verse 19, make, make sure you get this. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You say, you're taking that out of context. Am I? Or am I just telling you that God will supply all your need to sow bountifully? Man, it's a big deal. I've seen God build my faith one soul at a time. One soul at a time, one witness at a time, one time, me finally getting up the nerve. You say it takes you, you have to get up the nerve? Absolutely. To finally get up the nerve, to just punch my way through. Just to, and I'm not talking about kicking a door open. I'm talking about working in such a way where I purposed in my heart that I was always looking for the open door. I was always looking for a door to be opened. One, one, I guess, I guess my, my latest endeavor was, um, was a, a guy that had been working on my house for some time. And, and Sean knows the guy. Man, just great dude. I mean, one, one of the greatest guys. I, I, I believe he's one of the best dudes uh, that, that is not necessarily a churchgoer. Uh, I believe that the man saved by his own testimony. But I finally, I finally mustered up everything I had to be like, Jake, man, let's talk about your salvation. And man, when we done that and the door opened, man, he didn't bat an eye. He told me when he got saved, he told me about, uh, I mean, just life story, blah, you know what I mean? <laughs> just one of them deals. He's telling me everything about, well, now when we get on the phone, the first thing he said, we talked the other day, right, Monday after each Sunday, first thing he said, man, how was Sunday morning? Now, we, we never had that kind of conversation before. But now when we open the door, now something spiritual is happening. Well, but, but why? Well, because... There was just a moment in time to where I said, man, you know what? I'm uh, You know, convenience has to go out the window sometimes. Why? Well, because you don't know whether that person's dying and going to hell or not. And when I, when I, when I said it, it, it was one of them things. All right. One soul at a time, man. Another guy that worked on the house, man, I, I, we, we uh, Jesse, he calls me, he calls me today uh, on my way to church. He's like, man, have you heard about the new job I got? And, and look, and Jesse, when the first thing I, I said something about Jesus one time, and Jesse just clams up, said something about the Lord. Jesse just clams up. Jesse's dad was a preacher, and he's run. He'd been running for the Lord for years. I mean, running from the Lord and just living like hell and a devil, and and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And and man, I got to take Jesse home uh, from work, and man, I just you know, <laughs> in twenty minutes of nothing but me talking to Jesse about the Lord. Well, I figured when Jesse left, there wasn't going to be no more Jesse calling me back. 
He calls me that day, man, praise the Lord. Did you hear about the job I got? And, and man, you know, here, here's the thing. One single moment in time with a soul at a time is what builds my faith. We talked, and, and, and he encouraged me because there was a time to where I, I finally, I was, it's the same thing with Jesse. I, I mean, the dude's got all these weird tattoos on him, and like, I don't know, he's got like this ear, I mean, it's just a lot, he got, he got the face tattoos. Listen, when somebody got face tattoos, it just, it kind of intimidates me a little bit, you know? I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know what kind of person you got to be to go sit down in the chair long enough for a man with a with a with a real fast pokey needle to be writing on your face that never comes off. I just like I feel like that somewhere between this part of the brain and this part of the brain that the wires just quit connecting. You know what I mean? Anybody else ever feel that way? Nobody else ever feel that way about face tattoos? I mean y'all seen Mike Tyson? Y'all see that? Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. This is the kind of people I feel like we're dealing with, though. When, when everybody I know has a face tattoo, I'm like, all right, well, I, I don't know how to deal with you. I just don't know how to deal with you. But what happens is you've got to find a point in your Jerusalem that you're seeing the open door. Why? Well, because it's, it's, if you don't, you're never going to build your faith. You're never going to build your faith. You're never going to see God reward you openly. God rewards you openly. How, how do you know that? He that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Sounds like a pretty open thing to me. Well, that's what that you, you, well, that's how God does it with you. No, that's how God does it with everybody. God does it with everybody in the room, and he will do it with you if if you wanted to. And then let me give this last one. Being a witness is a matter of burden uh, or accountability. Being a witness is a matter of burden or accountability. I am a debtor, uh, Romans uh, 1 and verse 14, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so as much as in me, uh, as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And, and one of the, the greatest verses in all the Bible for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. You, you hear what I'm saying? The greatest, in my opinion, the greatest verse, in, and one of the greatest verses in all the Bible, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And you've got to ask yourself the question, is the reason that I am not, it, do I not have a burden? It's got to be a matter of a burden within you. The reason I'm not being a witness is because I am ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You say, no, I'm not ashamed. Well, here's, here's what we've got to reconcile. Is it the power of God unto salvation or is it not? Because the Bible says that it is to everyone that believeth both the Jew first, uh, excuse me, to the Jew first, first and also to the Greek. So, so whoever, the, God, the power of God unto salvation is the gospel. So what is this idea of a debtor? This idea of a debtor is a person who's under obligation. A person who's under obligation. Well, why am I under any obligation? Well, one, uh, because you have experienced the new birth. You're under the obligation because you've experienced 
the new birth. Why? Well, because somebody preached the gospel to you. Right? Somebody preached the gospel to you and, and you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and because you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you were saved and, and, and now you experience you experience the freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. And, and, and it ought to burden you that you have that freedom, yet you, you're unwilling to share it. You're unwilling to be the witness that God called you to be. That ought to, that ought to burden you. And, and not only that, but man, we're privileged to be able to have such ease of access to the gospel. Man, we're really privileged, man. They're they're fighting. They're in other parts of the world. I mean, I know Justin. Justin's intrigued by by a lot of the 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 persecution and has talked to me in times past about uh, man the immense persecution in other parts of the world. That if you mention the name of Jesus Christ, that you'll be thrown in jail. And here we are. Here we are. And. and and we're more worried about uh, the conveniences of life. And in, in a lot of ways, being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know what the judgment seat's actually going to hold. Uh, what it's all going to be like. I got visions of what I think it's going to be like. But I, I think about this a lot. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. And whoever would place their faith and in, in trust in Jesus Christ for that could be adopted into the family of God. Revelation 22 gives us a picture of the great white throne judgment. And what it is, it's unbelievers being cast into, uh, unbelievers in death and hell. Uh, they're all being cast into the lake of fire. Now what, what's, what's interesting about that is every single person that's cast into the lake of fire Every single one of them didn't have to be. There's not one of them that God purposed to. And I, I don't know, I don't know, man, I can't imagine what that does to the heart of God. Hey, can, you, can, can you imagine being, being Jesus Christ and knowing Man, I died for that person, but they just wouldn't believe it. They just wouldn't trust it. They just wouldn't put their faith in me. Man, that one part, that soul that's going to die and burn in hell, that's going to die and burn in the lake of fire. Man, it, it, is, is that not enough for you and me? If we really believe that, 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 we, that we'll throw our caution to the wind, we'll throw our convenience to the wind, that we'll throw our lives to the side and, and we'll get a burden and we'll say, all right, Lord, I, 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 I want to I see you work in my life. Why? Well, because I don't want to get to that day. And, and I believe we're going to be there. I believe that we will be, I don't believe we'll be part of it, obviously. But I believe we're going to be at that judgment. 
And I believe we'll get to see unbelievers cast into the lake of fire. It ought to bother us. It ought to bother us. That Jesus Christ said, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. I just want us to get a clear vision. Man, I, I appreciate Dylan uh, taking some time to de deal with this same thing, and I appreciate the Lord working it out to where uh, we both could. But could we not just pray, God, give us a burden? Mark would say it all the time. You, you need to pray not to be hungry, but to hunger. God, make me hunger, hungry to be hungry. Lord, Lord, I want a hunger to be hungry, and I want a thirst to be thirsty. That's the prayer. Well, I'm just not there yet. I'm just not there. I really don't care. Let all them people die and go to hell. Okay, well, man, you're, you're, you're in a cold place right now. Man, maybe we could just pray tonight and, and ask the Lord, God, give us a burden. Man, there's somebody. There's somebody, maybe, maybe there's maybe there's somebody right now you're thinking about, and you're like, I've had all these opportunities to witness this person, and I ain't done it yet. I had all these opportunities to say, man, hey, look, can I just take a second? Can I Look, I, man, we've been friends for a long time. Can, can I just talk to you about the Lord just for a second? It won't take long. May, if they shut you down, hey, then it's off your plate. It's off your back at least. Like you did your part. And, and there may be another time where that person, hey, you remember that one time I was really rude to you or I told you I didn't want, well, what was you going to say? I've had that happen before. Man, I really ain't interested. And then, and then a year later, I think they watched me for a year to make sure I wasn't going to do too many boneheaded things. And they're like, hey, man, you remember we talked about that? Um, what, what was that all about? People's watching us, right? They don't want to know who we are. Let's pray. Lord. Uh, God, I, I pray.